0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back for hour two here on the scorecard presented by Chicago district golfer magazine. It's Memorial week. The tour is at Muirfield. We're spotlighting the music of the state of Ohio today and you probably know this song, Barry Tracy Chapman. It's uh, uh, recognizable, to me anyway, as any uh, as any good song. And uh, Tracy Chapman, an Ohio native. We'll talk more about uh, what's going on at Muirfield uh, in the next segment. But now it's time uh, to head on out to the score hotline. Uh, and uh, we're glad uh, that uh, David Glott agreed to join the show today. He's the founder and CEO of TourEdge. Uh, and uh, the company's had uh, 35 years of uh, great success in the golf industry.
1: Hey, David. Good morning.
2: Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. Good morning,
1: David. Thanks so much for being on with us. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, about some of the, the more recent things that have been going on with the company. But I, uh, I found, I find your story, I find your entrepreneurial story to be a, a really a, an interesting, um, uh, your personal story to be really interesting in terms of uh, of just the business development of it. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you got into the game of golf initially, how old you were.
2: Yeah, sure. You know, Barry, you and I had a conversation yesterday, which was fun, but um, I didn't tell you about the very beginning, which was, you know, I grew up on a golf course at Glen Ellen. And uh, my dad's like, well, you, know, you you should go over and, you know, find some golf and sell them over the fence. Right. So that was my, actually my first mm-hmm. expedition into entrepreneurship and, And sure enough, um, I coaxed my brother Gordon into yelling to the golfers, "Hey, you want to buy some golf balls?" So he was my first salesman too. (laughs) And you know, Gordon is now, you know, has been working for me about thirty years as my director of sales. So it's just too funny how. (laughs) right, that's right a, out of the gate there
1: well you know what it's just a little bit of a bigger operation now than it was back when you were uh, whatever <laughs> 10 or 11 years old and then and then did you did you then go into caddying then correct
2: yeah we were you know, caddies at Glen Oak uh, in Glen Island, which was just great learning curve there and then moved on to the village links and, and worked there quite a bit and that's where I started my club repair business and that's really I, that, kind of the birth of it yeah, all
1: this is the thing that kills me so um, you started your club repair business, so you would go around, drive around to various country clubs and pick up the, you know, whatever, broken clubs or clubs that needed some repair, and you'd go back, what, like, to your garage and, and fix them and then deliver them back? Is that the story?
2: Yeah. Yeah, in, in a Renault Alliance was my car, so <laughs> wow. my buddy called it, He called it the Folgers, Folgers yeah. Camp. but yeah, yeah, funny story, and, and. You know, I had a bad temper in high school. I played a lot of golf and I broke a lot of clubs. So I had to learn how to fix them. So <laughs> I just <laughs> kind of took that, you know, at the village links, it was such a busy place. and I'm sure it still is, but I would have 10 reshafts a night going back and forth from there. And, and I, I really learned the craft that way from the, you know, the inside out, learned to, how to take apart clubs to, to know how they worked.
1: Yeah. And, Talking and to- get, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say we're talking to David Glod, the founder and CEO of Tour Edge, and, and that part to me, David, is fascinating because it's not just the you know that that you've founded a very successful uh, golf company, but you're you're behind a lot of the design too, and you you really did have to to learn kind of how to do that. I mean, in repairing clubs, I mean, as as unsexy as it sounds, right? I'm sure that was a great
2: education. Absolutely, you know, you really learn the ins and outs. And you know, back in the day, it was it was these brands: McGregor, Wilson, Ben Hogan. and That was about it. And so I just saw, you know, a, a potential business in the kind of a mid-end price point golf clubs. And um, and that's kind of where the whole idea of Tour Edge was born. You know, make the best custom club possible for half the price. And that's really why you know we were able to start our business and and really get rolling. Uh, you know after three years nationwide.
1: So when you started in '86, David, um, who? What was the, uh, what was the uh, the playing field like? Who were the competitors at the time?
2: Yeah, so it was Hogan, uh, Wilson, McGregor, and Ping. And Ping was just pretty early on the scene, and that was investment casting, right? Everything else was forged irons before that. And so because of the advent of investment casting, we were able to get parts out of Taiwan at the time, which had started making parts at a low price. And there were good parts. Um, so we could make a good golf club for a reasonable price. And it really, that's the reason we were able to get started in, in the business. And then shortly thereafter, Metalwoods came along from TaylorMade up in McHenry, right? Right. Right, and Gary then, Adams.
1: I mean, it's just yeah, unbelievable yeah. that that TaylorMade and Tour Edge. I mean, uh, from you know yeah. we don't think of Chicago so much as a, a golf capital. It's always Florida, Texas, California, you know, and in the South. But it's amazing that TaylorMade started here in McHenry County, Gary Adams, and then you've got Tour Edge.
2: Exactly, and so I saw the benefit of graphite shafts very early um, with drivers, you know, metalwood heads. So we were kind of the first ones in the area. Go well. Now we've got this graphite, which is lighter. We can make these drivers a little bit longer um, than than TaylorMade, which was a 43-inch steel shafted driver. And we just sold a ton of graphite shafted metalwoods locally. And uh, I really saw the light then. Okay, wow, we can do this. You know, we just need to be a little bit ingenious and get a little bit ahead of the curve. And you know, being small and nimble, we could do that.
1: And and who were your who was your um, your market when you started here in Chicago? Was were you were you, were you um, selling to guys who were really uh, lower did single digit handicaps or who was your audience?
2: No, I would say the audience was virtually everybody, but it was more of the uh, green grass um, public golf course guy for sure because mm-hmm. typically, especially then, there wasn't many brands and there was very little sub or you know, beginning brands like two red. So um, as is typical, you know, uh, most players played at the club, but um, that was a part of our break. And, you know, we've, we fought that for years. And then finally now um, I think we're one of the top five or six brands in golf. So it's pretty exciting.
1: And it, it seemed to me like you grew because of root word of mouth rather than marketing. Is that correct?
2: Totally. Yeah, that's exactly right. And all those years of that and, you know, our lifetime warranty was always a, a really great foundation for our company too. People understood that, and that, that helped us sell the product. No.
1: Uh,
0: talking with David Glod, CEO and founder of Tour Edge Golf, and, and I, I look on your website, uh, David, and I see Bernard Longer staring back at me uh, with uh, uh, with a smile, and that has to be pretty cool as you get uh, some of the. Expanded, Uh, but now you've got staff players like Bernard Longer uh, and and others like Scott McCarron that are there. That has to be a a great help in building the brand as well.
2: Yes, yes, Um, that's been a lot of fun. And you know, there was kind of a nice opening on the Champions Tour when the golf business was a little bit, you know, sideways the last ten years, and uh, a lot of the big companies just kind of said, "Oh, we got we're spending enough money on the main tour, we're just concentrating on that." and and then Adams was a big, you know, proponent on the champions tour and they went away. So, uh, we seized the opportunity to kind of take over and I bet we have, you know, close to hundred clubs in play on the champions tour and not to mention, uh, paid endorsements, you know, seven players. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and really good for the brand. It's just a good fit for us.
1: Right. Um, I was going to ask you what are some of the what are some of the newer products that you have uh, coming out right now, uh, David?
2: Yeah, our driver is on fire right now. That's uh, our exotics driver. I think you'll find it uh, one of the lower spin drivers out there, and really forgiving. It. It's a super high MOI. So we call it the seven two one. And um, you know, it's out and about. It's available actually within forty eight hours delivery right now, which not many club companies can say. You know, once again, we're trumping a little bit different tune than everybody else. But, um, yeah, premium, it's as good as anything out there. I think we just won another contest nationally. Um, but, um, yeah, that and the whole line. You know, I've got a lot more engineering power now than we've ever had. And our iron um, technology <clears throat> with our new 721 irons is really catching fire, too. Um, so that's that's been fun. Uh, Timmy Petrovic on the Champions Tour just finished second in the Senior PGA after putting these irons in play. That you know the beginning of that tournament. So that's that's pretty rare when that happens. So that's a great. We're excited about it. Yeah, you
1: do all your uh, R and D out in uh, Batavia, and uh, uh, how do you come up with different? Um, different uh, ideas for irons and drivers and everything. You know, what, I don't know what your product cycle is. Is it? I know some of these, uh, uh, you know, like Callaway and some of the other brands were, were bringing out new clubs every six months. You know, and, and you know there was a game-changing driver every six months. And then you go, well, what whose game did it change? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just hard to make something. How do you make something new so frequently?
2: <laughs> you know what? It, it, it you kind of leapfrog off of what you're doing. So we know what we have after, you know, the R&D session, and then the actual product comes out, and then players hit it. And you see what the good things are about it and what needs to be improved. And you just kind of take that knowledge and try to apply that to the next model. So it's just kind of a rolling game of, okay, this driver's really good on center and heel hits, Maybe it goes a little bit to the right sometimes for some players. How do we fix that with the next one? It's simple things like that. Right. It, it, but it, yeah, it's pretty cool how it leapfrogs from one to the next. And there's always something, you know, because we've got robots and player tests and a lot of data. So we can really gain a lot of knowledge to see what, okay, you know, this iron's has gone a little too low why how do we fix the cg on the next one type thing
1: right and you mentioned that you can get the, your driver in 48 hours i know that uh, i mean golf was so popular last year i've talked to uh, equipment people and maybe you're the same way uh that you just don't have any product left and of course now you have the uh, supply chain issues and some of the shipping issues um wh- tell us a little bit about what happened with tour edge last year and did you have any in the back room for uh, to sell any <laughs> clubs?
2: Yeah, it was really nuts, and you know, for about two months there, courses were closed. we were just looking at each other like, "What are we going to do with this warehouse full of product?" By the end of July, our warehouse is bare. So, <laughs> it's <laughs> never incredible. Never seen isn't? anything like it. Yeah, never, and, and we're still bare. Everything that comes in goes right out the door. So it's it's an anomaly. It really is. But um, it's a good one for us. Yes, yeah,
0: certainly.
1: And, uh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was. I was just going to ask you, David, as you were talking about club design and and some of the data that you have access to now. I mean, if if you had uh, been, a, I, I would imagine that's pretty mind blowing stuff coming from where you did from from basically taking a part in repairing club heads
2: to right. now having <laughs> access
0: to that. I mean, that's that's like another world. That's like next generation. That's like ten generations of of advancement, right?
2: It really is, and the computer modeling is amazing. You know, we can pretty much tell what a golf head is going to do on impact on the computer. It's a computer simulated algorithms and models that really tell us exactly what we're going to get. But it's it's kind of crazy. So we kind of know, you know, what this driver is going to be like even before it's fabricated. So it's pretty wild stuff, um, and that, and that's why the golf clubs are so good these days, and the why part of the reason why these tour players hit the ball so far is because these golf clubs, these drivers are fantastic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: David, if somebody wants to get a custom, can you get a custom uh, set from you or, or, or how does that work? Or do you just go to a PGA superstore and buy a a set of clubs? How does that, how does that all work?
2: Yeah, I would say about 25% of our golf clubs are custom made. So it's quite a lot still. And we always urge everybody to get fit by their golf pro superstores is great um it you know especially if you're going to spend over a thousand dollars and really it really pays off to get you fit correctly and all the way down to the right grips so it's uh it's something that's readily available and you need to take advantage of it
1: and should should people go to superstore or they go to their golf pro who's a reliable fitter
2: i think all all the above there's no doubt you know you know the golf pros that are in business and aren't and and the ones that are oh, there's many of them still in Illinois. Um, they're great, so yeah, put the trust in them.
0: Well, and, and David, we know uh, we could always go to tourage.com where uh, your website is located, and uh, certainly uh, appreciate having you on this morning. Uh, it's a great backstory. It's an awesome success story too for for Tourage, and uh, continued success to you going forward uh, here in 2021.
2: Uh, I appreciate that and really appreciate you having me on the show today. It's been great. Thank you,
1: David. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for your, uh, for your time and your story. Really terrific.
2: Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it.
1: All right.
0: That's David Glod, the founder and CEO of TourEdge. Uh, I mentioned TourEdge.com is the website. A smiling Bernard Longer will greet you as you, uh, <laughs> s- stop on, uh, TourEdge.com. And it is pretty cool. I, I did not know the backstory, but, uh, Pretty fascinating that, uh, you know, someone who as a kid, uh, you know, started repairing golf clubs. Uh, you know, you, you go on, and uh, what's what's the natural succession to that is, is you start designing clubs. And here we are, 35 years later, with, uh, with Tour Edge.
1: Right, and, and really, uh, you know, c- caddying kind of started it all. So uh, uh, being in that, just being at the, uh, the very uh, base level of the game uh, really uh, helps you gain an appreciation of it. You know what's interesting, Mike? I don't know if we have a little time here. Sure. But yeah. Did we have. We have right now. We have three golf companies that are uh, American based: uh, Ping, Callaway, which is traded on the new, on the stock exchange, and Tour All the others that you see, and I'm not saying this is bad, but Titleist was sold to a Korean company, TaylorMade, which had been owned by a French company, at, and I think. Well, maybe they were owned by Adidas. I, I could be wrong. But anyway, they were sold to a Korean company. Wilson is now... I didn't know this, but Wilson is owned by a Chinese company. And then you have hmm. Bridgestone and Zrixon, Japanese company, along with uh, with Mizuno. So uh, it's just kind of interesting that here's a guy from the western suburbs uh, uh, who grew up caddying at Glen Oak Country Club, is, is now one of the last uh, American clubs standing. And hmm. interestingly enough, Ping... Was founded by Karsten Solheim, who was an entrepreneur in uh, based down in Phoenix years ago, and uh, still in the family. And Callaway was founded by an American guy named Ely Callaway, uh, who was really a great entrepreneur and probably knew more about marketing than he knew about golf. But that 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 company <laughs> continues to soldier on. So uh, it's pretty cool that uh, our guy here in Chicago area is. Uh, is uh, one of the last three standing, and it's uh, it's terrific.
0: Absolutely, no, it's uh, it's a great uh, American story as well. And I was also struck by that too, David. Our last two guests, literally, or or Barry, our our last two guests, David and uh, Joel Hirsch, both of them you can trace all of their not all of their, but certainly the the seed was planted back when they were kids, as uh, as kids hanging around golf clubs caddying. It's, right. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yep. Absolutely. So we need, to, we need to take a timeout, Barry. When we come back, we will talk about what's happening at Muirfield Village. The memorial is this week. Later in the show, before we are out of here, we will talk to Nick Hardy from the Corn Ferry Tour, U of I uh, and uh, Northbrook native. We'll look forward to talking to Nick. Also want to remind you this segment brought to you by Illinois PGA professionals, experts in the business and game of golf. It's the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito right here on 670 The Score.
2: Welcome back to The Scorecard with
1: Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago's Sports Radio 670, The Score, an Odyssey station.
0: And we are back on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito. We are here until 8, and uh, it's great to have you with us today and every Saturday morning, 6 to 8, as we talk about the game of golf and everything surrounding it. This segment brought to you by Chicago Dogs Baseball. Chicago Dogs Baseball in action this weekend at Impact Field. Promotions include fireworks, a t-shirt giveaway, and Family Sunday. Get your Chicago Dogs tickets now at thechicagodogs.com. Uh, and, Barry, uh, uh, an interesting tournament, as always, uh, at uh, Jack Nicholas's uh, course there in Muirfield uh, as uh, the memorial is underway. And uh, Patrick Cantlay and John Rahm, your co-leaders right now.
1: All right, two uh, past champions. Um, and, uh, of course, the, uh, the, yesterday's round was, uh, was suspended because of darkness. Uh, Thursday they had uh, a lot of rain there. So uh, everything got backed up. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, to everybody catch up today, have decent weather down yep. there. I don't, I'm not sure what the weather forecast is down there, but they, they the PGA Tour is really good about getting them to catch up and uh, and have it have a clean round for uh, the final round on Sunday. But, yeah, they've got a nice leaderboard, um, uh, Cantley, Rahm, and, of course, Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, Xander Schauffele. Uh, they've got a good uh, – uh, colin morikawa who won at at uh, at muirfield last year in that uh, uh the workday tournament that mm-hmm. was they did yep. remember the, i don't know if you remember last year because the pandemic I do. They played two weeks sure. in a row at at muirfield and yep. the workday tournament actually took the place of the uh the venerable john deere classic uh, out in the quad cities will actually be played uh this year uh, in july so uh uh, that's good. So, yeah, so uh, they have a nice leaderboard, and uh, looks like uh, Ricky Fowler's playing a little bit better, and that's nice to see. He's a good dude and very popular out there with the folks. Yep. Uh, Justin Thomas looks like he's going to make the cut, as well as uh, Jordan Spieth and uh, Bryson DeChambeau, and, of course, our buddy Kevin Strelman uh, from the uh, Wheaton area and now lives down in Scottsdale. But we still do keep our eye on him because, as you know, Mike, Anybody who's been through a hair is a Chicagoan honorary. <laughs> That's a lot of us then. We tend to uh, we tend sure. to gra- we tend to just gravitate to anybody because you know it's we live in flyover country now, and we just anybody who's had anything to do with Chicago we call them a Chicagoan and we follow them. Yep. No, and, and you know what you mentioned Justin Thomas and this
0: is something I had flagged earlier this week. There's a great story I saw, uh, and I'm sure you did too. Yes. There was a, the article about Justin Thomas and. Uh, Mike Visaki who had had qualified earlier this year for the Valspar championship the uh, the video went viral him calling his dad and basically saying hey I I made it you know and it was it was a, a, a heartwarming video uh, but but JT basically cut him a check right to, to help keep yeah. him going right it was yeah it was so- really
1: and go ahead Right, so the story is that uh, Vil, vil, vil uh, you can pronounce it. You're the you're the Visaki, Yep. Yeah. Visaki. There you go. So he, he is about I think he's 30 years old. He lives with his mom and dad. He's been fighting, playing on the mini tours in Florida. Um, he lives down in Florida and trying to make it. And it's you know golf is hard, man. They look at they make it look so easy mm-hmm. on tour. And um, so he uh, he he Monday qualified. He got into the Valspar Championship. And you know that was like big deal for him because he'd been trying to get into a PGA Tour event forever, never was able to do it. So he gets into the tournament. Of course, inevitably, what happens so often with guys who Monday qualify is they don't make the cut. So, mm-hmm. so even though he Monday qualified, it was a very emotional uh, pre-tournament story down in in Tampa Bay. Uh, he didn't make the cut. So now, you know, but then he got to. Uh, uh, to to Muirfield, they must have given him an exemption. I don't know how he got in there unless he Monday qualified. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was very cool that Justin Thomas gave him some uh, gave him some cash uh, to uh, continue his dream, and I. People will say oh well Justin Thomas you know people are so mean you know people on Twitter especially that Twitter thing you know it's very people are very mean-spirited uh-huh. so they say oh well he just did it you know to get attention for his uh, his uh, his social media page so that at the end of the year he could get a piece of the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, pip situation where they give money to uh, p- guys who uh, do the most for their brand etc cetera. So, I don't think that that's that Justin Thomas is that kind of guy, but uh, people are always no. impugning bad motives on Twitter. Yeah, no, and
0: and, and Visaki did get on uh, they they were there at Muirfield. He got on as a sponsors invite. Uh, but Justin, and i'm I'm quoting actually from our buddy Rex Hoggard's article here on Golf Channel's website, uh, the quote from Justin Thomas, which i I, th- I thought this whole thing was great. Yeah, Uh, Justin Thomas, I just felt it was so refreshing and great to see how genuine his excitement and emotions are. For some reason, it hit home to me, and it was just like, man, you know, this is a dude who's been grinding for a long time, and there's a lot of people, not just him, that are doing it, but I wanted to help in a little way. To me, that is what it's all about, right? Right. Come on.
1: No, and I think that um, there are a number of golfers who do this. You know, once they know how hard it is to be, to make it. I'm Honestly, Mike, if you look at some of the names on the Corn Ferry Tour of guys who are in their early to mid-30s who've been Mm -hmm. out there since, you know, they were pretty good college players, right on the verge of doing well, and they're out there because, darn it, they know they can make it. I mean, you look at a guy like, uh, the guy I always point to is a guy like Zach Johnson, right? I think Mm -hmm. he was the number two guy on the Drake golf team. Here's a guy from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, who couldn't Mm -hmm. even get a look at, from the Iowa Hawkeyes back in the day, and by the way, the Iowa Hawkeyes back in the day were not like, you know, they weren't a great golf team. There wasn't like Alabama or Florida mm-hmm. or something like that. They were just, you know, a Midwest Big Ten golf team in a, in a cold climate, and he couldn't get a look at them. So now he goes to Drake, and somebody asks him, hey, Zach, what are you going to do after you graduate? He says, oh, I'm going to go play pro golf, and they all looked at him like he was crazy. And mm-hmm. what happened? He goes out on the Dakota Tour, the Hooters Tour, these, you know, backwater tour events where, you know, even if you win, you maybe win a few thousand dollars. And he got a few sponsors there from uh, some guys in Cedar Rapids that backed him. And look at him now. I mean, he's won 12 times on the PGA Tour, won the Masters and the British Open. <laughs> One of a very, like, a four mm-hmm. guys that in, in golf history to win the Masters and the British Open at St. Andrews. So, so I think that guys who are players like that, they look at that and they say, you know, if he can do this, <laughs> we can do it. And uh, you've got guys like Vince India from Chicago and Brad Hopfinger, both of whom, by the way, played at Iowa. They're 31 years old, and they've been out there for for 10 years trying to, or not 10 maybe, but, you know, close to a decade out there trying to make it. And yeah. uh and they're still at it. So a very inspirational story and good for JT for doing that. He's a good dude.
0: Yeah. And, and to finish the the story and to finish his quote, uh, this was his other quote that I loved. I want to be helpful more than just money. I told him I'm like, dude, he does drop a lot of dudes out there. He's like, I'm like, dude, if you ever want advice, if you ever want to pick my brain, if you ever just want to talk, I'm here for you and I'm happy to help.
1: That's great. No. That's no, That is, to me is great. It is great. And, and you know, speaking of that, um, at the u.s women's open um brooks kepka actually was on facetime with uh, a woman named mel reed who uh, from england who mm-hmm. uh, was leading the tournament after the first round and he spent um, an hour going over the olympic club with her hole by hole um and i don't you know they i don't know how exactly how they know each other but um you know he's doing that so uh you know uh, it's it's very cool that 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 happened and uh, and uh, yeah guys do help each other.
0: Yeah, humanity, as they say, Barry, humanity. we well, we we've got some of
1: it there. It's funny i uh, I was uh, Tiger Woods was not a guy who was uh, I mean, he would come in there and when he was young, man, he was cold. He would mm-hmm. not yep. even he right. would not associate those guys. And I'll tell you who else was like that in reading a little bit about Joel Hirsch. He was the same way. He was like, I don't want to chit-chat with those guys that I had to play in the tournament. So maybe against your rivals, uh, you, you, mm-hmm. you might be pretty uh, cold. But, uh, but for somebody like uh, a, a, a female golfer who's playing in the U.S. Women's Open, uh, I don't think Brooks would be helping Bryson. Uh, no. <laughs> and and, and, for, and for, for Justin Thomas to help uh, Vaisaki, uh, that's, that's uh, very cool.
0: Yep. And speaking of, as you mentioned, the Corn Ferry Tour, our next guest, who we will talk to right after this quick timeout, is currently playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. And hopefully, it looks like, and fingers crossed, uh, he will hopefully qualify for the full PGA Tour uh, in August. We'll talk to Nick Hardy, U of I, and Northbrook native. When we come back here on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on 670 The Score.
1: Welcome back to The Scorecard with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey
2: Station.
0: And we are back, Barry, with a little Dean Martin for Ohio (laughs) Music. And here we are. Brandon Fryer pulling pulling out all the stops for you. Where are the Where are the
1: vocals? Got to hear the <laughs> vocals. What, what's
0: the... <laughs> Dino baby? Uh, Dino. I I don't know that we're gonna get vocals in this version, oh, but wow. okay, anyway, it's wow. Ohio music. He's from Ohio, Dean Martin, Steubenville,
1: Ohio. Dean Martin. Steubenville, God. Good yes. pal of uh, old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra, the greatest uh, singer ever. So, yeah, yeah, it's good to it's good that uh, Brandon's pulling out all the stops. That's he is. Awesome. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, is awesome. <laughs> I don't know that we've ever featured Dean
0: Martin on the show before, but there he is for you. See, no, this is we, you we
1: probably have not. But, you know, this is why people tune in, because uh, we're, That's trying right. to, you know, we're trying to forge a new uh, a new path here.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we are here on the scorecard as our last segment. And we are pleased uh, now to hop on out to the score hotline uh, playing now on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, looking uh, to hopefully make the jump uh, very soon to the PGA Tour, but he's he's a Northbrook native and an All-American from the greatest college ever, the U of I. Uh, Nick Hardy joins us here on the scorecard. Good morning, Nick.
3: Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: Nick, you must be pretty proud of the Illini. They made it to the quarterfinals again this year. It's unbelievable.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, Coach Small just gets them back in match play every single year. I'm really proud of them and they played it was uh it was fun to follow obviously disappointing to come up short again but uh they'll figure it out one of these years
1: i know it yeah for sure um and how great was it for you uh to be back nick playing in the Evans scholars invitational at the Glen club last weekend
3: oh it was so special just the support and so many family and friends watching um it was a great event um they you know the western golf association always runs the best event and Um, this one was no different. It was, it was a great tournament.
0: Hey, Nick, uh, we we were joking around actually last week during the show. And then again, this week about just how cold and nasty it was uh, the first few days of the tournament. When you're out there playing, is that something in your mind or you just kind of block out what, what the weather is and, and just kind of uh, play your game?
3: Yeah. You know, the weather is the weather. I mean, everybody's got to battle it. Um, Everyone playing is playing the same conditions. So, Um, I try not to put too much energy towards it at all. I mean, um, you're just going out there and trying to hit the next shot the best you can, and obviously it's pretty difficult, especially in the weather on Friday. It was pretty brutal.
1: Yeah, had you had uh, any weather on tour this year that was as bad as last Friday, which was like, just to remind people, about in the mid-40s, and the wind was blowing, I don't know, 20 miles an hour and gusting up to 40, I believe.
3: Uh, yeah, no, we hadn't had that bad a weather day this year. I mean, we've had some really windy rounds, but, um, nothing that brutal, I think. And especially when it started raining at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: To yeah. add to all the wind and misery, you get a little rain at the end of the day. Um, yeah, well, uh, so Nick, you know, everybody's been affected by this pandemic in some way. And, uh, tell people how it affected your career because i believe that you really ought to be out playing on the pga tour this year is that right
3: uh, that's correct yeah i i definitely earned enough uh points last year to qualify for the top 25 um and in a normal year i would have i would have my pga tour card but obviously you're right everybody's been affected by it in some way and um I look at it as a positive because, you know, I got to play two year an extra year on the Corn Ferry Tour, and so far I feel like it's really helped me mature my game even more. And I think in the long run I'll be more uh, ready for the PGA Tour and the next level. And um, I look at it as a positive in a lot of ways. So I'm not, you know, a little butthurt about it at all. I mean, obviously I wish I was up on the big tour right now, but um, I think in the long run it'll help me.
0: Yeah, no, and you know what, I'm sure – just between, I mean, you've had a lot of success uh, through college at, at U of I and now on the Corn Ferry Tour. It, it's a continual progression, isn't it? A continual learning, a continual refinement of of your game.
3: Exactly. I mean, I feel like I've always been a, you know, slow grower. I, I've, I've never made big jumps in my, you know, just career overall in terms of really getting better. So I, I, I feel like I've keep on getting better every single year. And um, I feel like I'm on a slow path upward and I feel like... Uh, you know, I got a I got a long career ahead of me as long as I do the right things and stay in good shape and take care of my body. And um, I, think, uh, I think I think I you know there's good ahead of me for sure.
1: Now I saw your uh, longtime teacher uh, uh, Brett Packie, uh another great Illinois PGA instructor who's been with you since you were a young guy. Um, what kind of things uh, do you work on now? Uh, what are you guys uh, What are you and Brett working on?
3: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, Brett's been my swing coach since I was about nine, 10 years old. So we've had a, you know, a long um, history together. And that really has helped me in my first few years of being a professional, just because the dialogue that we have and when I'm on the road away from Brett, I'm able to, you know, get the same things done when I'm, when I'm away from just when I'm with him, because we've that great dialogue. And if I send him a swing video or, you know, FaceTime, it's really no different because I, I, understand what we're, we're trying to work toward. So, um, that's really helped me stay consistent as a professional golfer. Um, Brett's an amazing coach. And, um, we just, like I said, we just have a great dialogue and I know exactly what to do when I have a bad round or when I get off in a certain area of my game, we have a, we have a game plan to kind of correct things. So it's not like we're trying to try new things in the golf swing, but we're, we've got a, we've got a picture of what we want. And, uh, we're always trying to trying to get there, you know?
1: Right. You know, you know, Nick, I think people think that, you know, when you get your tour card sometime in August, um, that, oh, wow, we're going to see, uh, Nick, he'll be playing in the masters and he'll be playing in the Memorial next year and he'll be playing everywhere. It'll be great. But that's really not how the PGA tour works. It's, it's like everything with the tour. It's kind of complicated.
3: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's very complicated and, um, you know I, I think people think you know for sure you're going to be getting into the Riviera Arnold Palmer all the bigger <laughs> bigger events for sure which i may be in hopefully but um i've got to play well once i get my card and and kind of i'd say earn your spot i think you know that's what's amazing about professional golf is you got to prove it year in and year out you know nobody has any job guaranteed unless you're a top 15 20 player in the world winning events every year i i think that's the amazing thing about golf is there's no let up. You got to always prove yourself. And, you know, nobody cares what you did last week. You got to prove it again next week. I love that part of the game. And that's kind of how it works. I mean, you got to work your way up. Once you get your card, you got to play well in the fall and um, you know, get your status better or move up in the world rankings and um, really get yourself into the, you know, premium events.
0: Yeah. So, Nick. So, go ahead, no, Nick. I'm sorry. sorry, Barry. Yeah. Nick, Nick, I was just going to say, and we were talking about it last segment. That's, that's kind of the cool thing too with the Corn Fury Tour that you're playing on now is that you have guys. I mean that you know they were stars in college, stars in high school. That you know they're still grinding it out and trying to make that uh, you know get that PGA Tour card. And and sometimes it takes a year or two, and sometimes it takes a lot longer than that. But that 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 competitive spirit uh, is still out there, and those guys are still out there trying to get there.
3: Absolutely, you got to be consistent as a professional golfer, and especially with this two-year COVID. Uh, corn fairy season you gotta um, really you know the cream rises to the top you really got to play well over a really long period of time I think it's going to be a 43 event season regular season which is pretty absurd so I mean you gotta you gotta play well over a long period of time and really prove yourself that you're one of the top 25 best players on this tour now
1: you've got the playoffs coming up uh, later in in August so you'll you're going to p- compete in those you're going to play in those and you do that because you want to improve your status right you're among the top 25 but i think you're ranked around 14th or whatever so how would it how, how would it matter materially next year in terms of your schedule for you to improve your status from say 14th up to i don't know 10th or 5th or whatever how, what would that mean to to you
3: personally Right, no, I, I definitely think I can improve my status if I play well in those events, and I will for sure play in at least two of those events. Um, but it's definitely just, you know, beneficial to play in, not only for from that standpoint, but for world ranking points. There's just higher purse events, higher purse fields. Um, but definitely in the regular, you know, in terms of the regular season, you know, top 10 is much better than being the 23rd on the on the points list. I mean, just in terms of priority into getting in, into any event on the PGA Tour next year so. It is huge just to finish this season strong for me um, and try to move my way up the points list even more just for priority based on merit, my number and stuff.
0: Talking with Nick Hardy uh, from Northbrook from U of I. He's playing now on the Corn Ferry Tour. uh, And uh, as we're talking about, hoping uh, to get that PGA Tour card uh, later this summer. So, so as you as you look back, and I, I mean, you're 25, right? So it's not like you've got a, a ton of uh, time that you look back on in terms of uh, looking in the rearview mirror. You're looking forward, but I mean, you've had a few years now on on the Corn Ferry Tour after you've you've been uh, a pro now for a few years. Uh, what do you see in terms of, of the uh, the work that you've done and the improvements to your game from where you were coming out of out of U of I to where you are now as you're hopefully you know knocking on the door of the PGA.
3: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think honestly, overall, I've improved at about every area of the game. Um, mostly, though, I you know since I left college, I think I've mostly improved my mental game and just my how I handle my emotions on the golf course and how I you know um, manage my competitiveness and just just overall how what I do to be able to control what I can control. If that makes sense, I I, I definitely yep. have improved the physical uh, parts of the game where you know just my short game has improved a ton. I feel like I'm one of the best drivers of the golf ball on the tour. I, I hit it very straight and um, far enough, and um, I'm a great ball striker. But definitely I've improved those areas of the game, but I'm I'm most proud of improving just my overall mindset. And um, I've always had a great mindset, but I feel like I've really mastered the um, what I can control, and that's controlling my emotions and controlling my thoughts out there and staying focused and uh, doing all the things right off the golf course too. I've really – um, just tried to make even more sacrifices off the golf course in order to make myself better, I think.
1: Great. And I wanted to mention, Nick, before we go, uh, you recently uh, joined the Illinois Junior Golf Association Junior Board. Uh, and we're, it's uh, such a cool thing that you did and, and uh, you still have your roots here in Chicago. So that's really neat. And the other thing I wanted to mention is how you, uh, you uh, picked up the uh, uh, Patrick Flavin, uh, you drove from Scottsdale to like Oklahoma and brought him to Kansas city where you kind of convinced him to uh, try to Monday qualify for the Corn uh, Ferry tour event in uh, Kansas city. And he did it.
3: Yeah. 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 First thing I, th- the junior board, I am really proud to be a part of it. I, you know, the IJJ has meant a lot to me growing up and learning how to play tournaments uh, at an early age. I mean, the IJJ is a wonderful organization and I, owe a lot to it for starting my career, but um, Patrick, I, you know, he told me his plan about six days before that he was not going to play in the Kansas City Monday, and he was going to go home and play in the Scottsdale Open. I'm like, Patrick, you, the Scottsdale Open, you can win it and win some money, but it's not going to get you anywhere in terms of moving your career forward, and um, I, told, I convinced him to play in the Kansas City Monday, and it kind of worked out really well since I was driving my car back, making my way from Scottsdale back to Chicago for the summer, and Um, it wasn't very much out of my way to go pick him up in Oklahoma on the way to Kansas city. So I picked him up and we had a little fun road trip weekend and um, he ended up qualifying. So we sit, you know, we stayed kind of in the same hotel all week and it was, it was a fun week.
0: Well, that is a, that is a good friend right there, Nick. And uh, we are out of time, but Hey, we really appreciate your time uh, on the show. We're rooting for you and uh, we'll certainly be watching and and hope to talk to you again down the road.
3: Thank you guys. Thank you for having me on. Love your show.
1: And good luck with that U.S. Open qualifier uh, Monday in Springfield, Ohio. Thank you. That is
0: Nick Hardy, uh, hopefully uh, very soon a member of the PGA Tour, uh, currently playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, and very uh, friend of the program, as we like to say. We, we, uh, we
1: love our friends of the program. It's great. Yes.
0: Uh, and we are out of time. Just like that, uh, I want to quickly remind everyone to log on to the CDGA website, cdga.org slash contest. Register to win a CDGA season starter pack. You get an Imperial hat, towel, zero-friction super tube with at balls, tees, and a universal fit glove. Everything you need to start the season at cdga.org slash contest. Barry, my friend, thanks to you. Uh, another great week,
1: and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Thank you, Mike. Always uh, always an honor to be with, the, uh, with Mike Esposito, well, store have- veteran.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Great to do the show with you as well. Thanks to Brandon Fryer for producing uh, the show today. Thank you for filling in, Brandon. And thanks to our guests, Bob Malpedi, Joel Hirsch, David Glod from Tour Edge, and we just talked to Nick Hardy. Stick around here on The Score. Early odds is next, followed by Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. I'm Mike Esposito. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy your day. See you soon. 70 The Score.